Matthew chapter 15. Uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 15, we're going to look at verses 1 through 20. And I entitled this message this evening, Your Hands Are Not the Problem. So it's pretty much a part two of the message that I gave Sunday with Jesus dealing with the spiritual leadership of his day. So verse 1 says, Then the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the traditions of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. And first off, it starts with, uh, they came from Jerusalem. They came to Jesus. And many people come to Jesus for many different reasons. We see in the Bible, many came to get healed. Many came to get clarity. You know, I think of, of Nicodemus in John chapter 3, a great, great uh, conversation Jesus had, bring clarity to uh, what he was going through, what he was thinking. Some came to Jesus to boast of their own moral goodness, uh, you know, saying, hey, you know, Jesus, I've done all these things since my youth, man, I'm so good. So others still came to Jesus with many different agendas. And many still do. Many people come to Jesus for different reasons. But here the scribes and the Pharisees came from Jerusalem, the location or the epicenter or the focal point of biblical prophecy. All that was fulfilled in the Old Testament of what was going to take place during the time of Christ in that present day. And what's going to happen in the near future is the epicenter there in Jerusalem. So in Jerusalem, you, you they had the best of teachers. They had the word. They had the, the holy scriptures. They had uh, that which was sacred. But something was very wrong during the time of Christ. You know, I look back and you see through the scriptures in Matthew chapter 2. Remember the story where Jesus is born. And the the wise men come to Jerusalem seeking Jesus, you know, as they they looked at the stars and and they were drawn to Jerusalem uh, and they came to Jerusalem and they asked the religious rulers, the priests, the scribes, and they they inquired where the Messiah was going to be born. And so they told him in Judea and Bethlehem. As it is written in the prophet, fulfilling Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. But the scriptures, unfortunately, never mention the scribes or the chief priests going out to seek Jesus on their own. So, there was something wrong. There was something wrong. You know, just think of all the miracles that Jesus did at that time. You know, he healed multitudes of people. Think of the wonders that he was doing. You know, he, in the previous chapter, he just fed about 10,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread. So, of all the things that they could ask Jesus, these religious rulers, these leaders, of all the things that Jesus did, and they come to him with a question, why do your disciples transgress 
the traditions of our elders, for they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Wow. Of all the things we could have asked Jesus, and they, they're asking him, why are your disciples transgressing the traditions of our elders? But, but I love it. Here Jesus doesn't answer the question, but he begins to ask a question. And we too should be more like Jesus. A lot of times in Christianity, we get into defensive right away. Somebody asks us something and we're like put to a spot. But Jesus would ask them questions as well. And this is something we need to get better at. Asking questions gets to the root of the problem. You know, it asking questions provokes thought. Why do you believe this? Why are you asking this? What's your What's your motive? And a lot of times asking questions will uncover a true motive, as we will see here tonight. You see, their gripe here or their problem was, why are they eating with unwashed hands? But most importantly to them was, why are the disciples transgressing the traditions of their elders? You see, at this time, the rabbis that didn't keep this, this tradition of hand-washing, they would get excommunicated. And to be excommunicated, you would be cut off. You would be excluded from communion. You would be expelled from membership or, or uh, participation of the group or the association. You'd be kicked out. And so hand-washing was a big deal in that day. But just imagine, you know, like you, you go to the bathrooms here and we have these little stickers since COVID started. We have these little stickers that it's a little reminder. It says, uh, wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. Imagine somebody finding out that you didn't wash your hands for 20 seconds and say, you're gone. You're out of here. You're kicked out. You see, to them, I call it TNT. Uh, to them, it just blew up. They wanted to get rid of them over the very smallest things. They were so critical. TNT is transgressions and traditions. Transgressions and traditions. To transgress. What transgress simply means is somebody's drawing a line. You ever hear that story of drawing the line? I've drawn a line in the sand. You cross that, we're done or we're going we're gonna to get into it. That's what transgress means. It means you're drawing a line in the sand and somebody is willfully stepping over the line. You see, they were basically saying that you're standing, you're stepping over the lines of our standards. You're transgressing the traditions of our elders. So at this, this time, the leaders were putting tradition over scripture scripture down here traditions over here so they're holding tradition over scripture and unfortunately in modern christianity we still do the same thing a lot of people uh it's not about traditions no more traditions have been replaced by feelings feelings are up here and scriptures down here where it should be the other way around. Scripture should be our guiding factor in how we live. So the law 
in the Bible does give instructions on hand washing. However, the intention was to keep you healthy by having good hygiene. You know, if you know, you look back in the past wars in history and, you know, going back to uh, the uh, the Civil War, you know, a lot of people died because of they were they were using the same material. Uh, the doctors weren't washing their hands over running water. So this was a better way to keep you healthy. So they viewed scripture. They had a view of scripture and Jesus here corrects them. And he says here in his answer, as he goes on here in the chapter, and he said to them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your traditions here? In other words, he's saying this is the way it should be. Your tradition should be down here. The, the word you're transgressing the commandments of God. So they're, they got things backwards. And today, too, as Christians, uh, we got to put our feelings down here or even our traditions down here. Scripture rules. Why? Because God's word never changes. Societies change, but God's word never changes. So here Jesus flips the conversation and he's pointing to the hypocrisy here in verses four through six. As we read on. Jesus said, for God commanded saying, honor your father and your mother, and he who curses his father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might receive from me is a gift to God, then he need not honor his mother or his father and mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. So what they were doing at this time is, is these religious rulers, they, they were, instead of taking care of their families, they were, they were simply stating this, uh, they were saying Corbin, whatever I give to the Lord is Corbin. In other words, they were still benefiting from all, their, all that they had, but they were lacking. And Jesus was pointing them out. He was pointing out their hypocrisy. So here in Scripture... He says, your tradition here, he's speaking to the religious rulers and the leaders thought the biggest problem was breaking their tradition. But you see how critical they were? And and you see the most critical people forget the most critical thing, their heart. You know, we could be critical about a lot of things, but, uh, you know, not check our own heart. So here they were more concerned about washing and then neglecting their own families. And Jesus was pointing them out uh, to their face. Basically, he was correcting them. He was showing them their hypocrisy, how they worried about washing hands, but they neglected their families. So in 1 Timothy, if you have your Bible, if you could turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse Uh, five i'm just going to give you some principles here because the bible makes it very clear that we should have a deep respect for the elderly especially those of our own household in first timothy chapter five verses one through eight it teaches the church eight principles number one never speak harshly to an older man but appeal to him respectfully as you would your own father. 
Number two, talk to younger men as you would your own brothers. Number three, treat older women as you would your mother and treat younger women with all purity as your sisters. Number fourth principle, take care of widows who have no one else left to care for them. Number five, if a widow has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show uh, godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. And we see a lot of people in the church taking care of, of their uh, parents, and, and that's a very godly trait. Pray for them. That's a very uh, tough ministry, but we're called to do so uh, in Scripture. And taking care of our parents in Scripture, the Bible says that it pleases God. It pleases God. So the sixth principle, the Bible gives us instructions how to use uh, discernment in dealing with widows. Number seven, these, these instructions, biblical instructions, are for us, God's people, so that the non-believer wouldn't have anything to criticize us in the area of family responsibility. And number eight, in verse eight, of 1 Timothy chapter 5, it says, But those who won't care for their own relatives, especially of those of their own household, have denied the faith. Such people are worse than non-believers. And in here, in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 7, Jesus calls them hypocrites. Again, you know, here they're focusing on hand-washing, but Jesus is saying, hey, you, you guys aren't taking care of your own families. You guys are hypocrites. So here in verse 7, Jesus goes on to say, Well did Isaiah prophesied about you, saying, These people draw near me with their mouths, but they, and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrine the commandments of men. So Jesus doesn't hold back, you know, when he's speaking truth. And you know what? We should let the Lord speak to our hearts that way, too, if we need to be corrected. When he's pointing to Isaiah here and this prophecy, I had to ask myself, if Isaiah were prophesying today, could this be said about me? Could this be said about me? I, I always ask myself the question, is it a, you know, is, is the problem here, Lord? But I want to ask you the same question. If Isaiah were prophesying, could he say the same thing about you tonight? Do you draw near or do I draw near to the Lord? Giving him lip service? Do I say, oh, I love God, but live contrary to him? Is my heart far from him? Because this is what God is pointing out, this hypocrisy. You know, we, you could go through the motions of religion and we could give God lip service and we could even be serving in ministry as they were here. And their hearts were far from God. So we need to check our hearts. I need to check my heart. So if so, if my heart can be far from God, 
the third point here, Jesus is saying, they worship me in vain. They worship me in vain. Their hearts are far from me, and they worship me in vain. And as Jesus said, speaking of, of worshiping in vain, he, it's basically you're, you're, you're worshiping in a fruitless manner. Your worship has no purpose. Man, that's very sad. You know, I could be singing the songs, and there could be no purpose. I'm just making noise, like a clanging cymbal, doing it without love, as 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1 says. Very sad. So when Jesus corrects something in Scripture, I always want to check my heart. And I, I pray that you would also. But here in verse 10, it says, When he, Jesus, called the multitudes to himself, he said to them, Hear and understand. Not, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth defiles a man. So basically, Jesus was setting the record straight. It's not about your hands. It's not about your hands. It's about your heart. You see, it's not about our hands. Rules and regulations is about our heart with the Lord. The psalmist said in Psalms chapter 51, verse 6, A, behold, you, God, desire truth in the inward parts. You know, God sees the heart. He sees the heart. In verse 12, it says, Then the disciples came to him and said, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? But he, Jesus, answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind leads the blind, they will both fall into the ditch. You see, you will have enemies because of the message of the cross. But as Christians, we're not to be offensive. We're not to be nasty. We're not to be hateful. We're not to be belligerent nor argumentative. You see, the Bible calls us to be as ambassadors. We're called to be as ambassadors uh, of that of a for, like a dignitary from heaven. God is sending us to the non-believers. We see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. It says, Now then you are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore people on God's, on Christ's behalf to be reconciled with God. You see, this was what the religious rulers were called to be at the time of Christ. They were to witness and evangelize the world. The world. Zechariah chapter 8, verse 23, it says in the Old Testament, Thus says the Lord of hosts, In those days ten men from every language, from every nation, shall grab the sleeve of a Jewish man, saying, Let us go with you. For we have heard that God is with you. We have heard that God is with you. See, there were to be a light to the world by reflecting the light of God. But you know what? It became rules and regulations. It became to a place where they're, they're criticizing people for washing their hands. They don't want to touch people with their robes or their garments because they want to get defiled. So they, instead of, turning outwardly they turn inwardly and it could happen to us too 
So in other words, here, Jesus was telling them they're going to be held accountable. Then Peter says here in verse 15, Then Peter answered and said to him, Explain this parable to us, Jesus. So Jesus said, Are you still without understanding? In other words, it was plain. And he said, Do you not yet understand that whatever enters into the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile the man. They defile the man. That's the really problem. That's the problem. It's not your hands. It's not eating with dirty hands. It's your heart. Your heart. Basically, that's the problem. In verse 19, it says, For out of the heart, Jesus said, For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, theft, false witness, which is lying, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Now, here Jesus was referring to the Ten Commandments. A lot of people think the Ten Commandments are irrelevant. You know, that we're under grace. We don't have to follow the law. You know, but the principles still apply. Because Jesus said the problem is in the heart. And here he's sharing the Ten Commandments. Now, what sin means because a lot of people have a different idea different interpretations of what what is wrong and what is right and our moral standard changes hey this is okay i think this is okay and you know we're we're like this in society oh i don't think that's sinful i think this is sinful this is up here this is down here what sin simply means is missing the mark missing the mark and it's an archer's term. If you, you go like this and you, you pull it back and you bring it to the lips and you let it go. It's an archer's term for missing the bullseye. Missing the bullseye. That's what sin means. Missing the mark. Missing the mark of what? Missing the mark of God's moral standard. That's what sin means. See, it, it's not based upon what we think or the traditions or culture you know, it's the gauge is God. And here he says, from the heart proceeds evil thoughts. So the problem is a defiled heart. We missed the mark. How do I know I missed the mark? Well, he says evil thoughts. Do we have evil thoughts? I missed the mark. He says murders. Have we hated anyone? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, you say, those of old, thou shalt not murder. But I say, if, if you hate, you have hate in your heart. You committed murder in your heart. And he says, if, if maybe you haven't committed adultery, but if you think with it in your mind, you committed adultery in your heart. When does a thief become a thief? When he steals something or he puts the thought in his mind. He's already a thief because he thought it. He just, the action is going to come later. And the same thing with our evil hearts. It starts here. 
If we've hated somebody, we've committed murder in God's eyes, we miss the mark. If we're lusting, we're fornicating, we have, an unbi- we have a relationship, a sexual intimate relationship that is not how God, according to God's standard, I miss the mark, according to God. If I've stolen something, I'm a, I'm a thief. If I've lied, I'm bearing false witness. God is the standard. I'm a liar. And the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Do, we, do I always put God first? No. Sometimes, you know, I'll spend all day and he's, he's probably my last thought. I've been there. Have I put God first? I put other things before God? Yes. I missed the mark. Have I have idols in my heart? Yes, anybody could have an idol. An idol could is your most is your greatest passion of what you have. Here's God and here's my passions. Do I have a passion for something in a in a greater degree than God? Then that's my God. So is God first? That's the first commandment. Is is something an idol? Do I use God's name in vain? Do I use it flippantly? So, see how offensive the Word of God can be? The Word of God is offensive because we're all guilty. We're all guilty. We all miss the mark of moral perfection. And here these men are standing before God, and the light, as you go to the light, it exposes everything. And the Lord will expose everything, and He should expose everything. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But here in verse 20, Jesus said, These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile. So the word defile means pollute. In other words, the the things in the heart, the sin in my heart, that pollutes me. That's the problem. That's something that's dirty that needs cleaning. And here, you know, the Bible talks about Jesus and it describes him as the word in John chapter 1 and verse 12. And in verse 14, it says in the it, it says that the word of God put on flesh. The Word of God put on flesh. And and God's Word is powerful. But do you see how God will expose us? But it's not to expose us so that we remain in that state. As I mentioned in the, the previous chapters, He said, so that I could heal you, so that you could repent, so that you know where I could heal you. You see, Jesus does, and the Word of God does a heart surgery on us. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse uh, 12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful, 
sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Verse 13 says, For there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him whom we all must give an account. You know, I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7. You know, Paul was a, a scholar. And to stand in the light of God's presence, we could only, as Paul said in verse 24, Oh, wretched man that I am. He said, Oh, wretched man that I am. He, he recognized he was a sinner. But he said, thanks be to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the remedy. He's the one that washed me and cleansed me. In 1 John chapter 1 and verses 5 through 10, it says, this is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Man, you know, he's the only one who could wash our hearts. So it's not about hand washing. It's about heart washing. And verse 8 says, For if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. We're calling God a liar and his word is not in us. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. It's not about rules and regulations. It's not about hand washings because I'm going to blow it. It's not about religious activity because I'll never get to a place of the standard of the scribes and Pharisees. But Jesus said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter into heaven. Wow, they had a high standard, a high uh, religious standard, really high. Paul said, I couldn't even keep it. We have the Jerusalem council and I believe it's Acts chapter 15, where even the Jews were saying, man, we can't even keep the law. It's so, it, it's, it's, it's burdensome. In other words, Jesus was saying, to inherit heaven, you have to be perfect. Well, we all established, we all missed the mark. None of us are perfect. And that's a high standard. So what we need is moral perfection. What we need is moral perfection. And the Bible says that through the cross, through the precious blood of Jesus, we're cleansed, we're washed, we become brand new. And His righteousness is put to our account so that when we enter into heaven, we don't enter in by our own righteousness. See, the scribes thought they would enter into the kingdom by their own righteousness. And the Christian, not by our righteousness, because no one is righteous. We all fall short. We all blow it. You know, Christians are not perfect. 
We never will be. But God is. So that's when we recognize we're, we're not perfect, it keeps us humble. It should keep us humble. We should never preach from a high moral platform of looking down our noses at people. As the Pharisees were doing, they looked down at the people. And look at what God did. God himself put on skin like a hand puts on a glove, lived a perfect life, died in our place so that his righteousness would be put to our account. So when we enter into heaven, we're clean, we're seen as pure, white as snow. Isn't that a beautiful message? So thanks be to God. It's not about rules and regulations. It's simply about me getting my heart right with God and then following him and growing in a loving relationship with him. Let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you for this time. We thank you, Father, for this message, Lord. Father, we thank you that you expose our hearts, Lord. Through this, we pray, Lord, that we would merely not be giving you lip service, that we would recognize our shortcomings, Lord. Father, that we would recognize if maybe I've been a little critical of people, Maybe I've been looking down at people or maybe I've been failing. But Father, we thank you, Father, as these disciples were looked down upon as failures in their community. You extended grace. It wasn't, a, you, you taught us it's not about our hands, it's about our hearts, Lord. And we, we pray, Father, that we as a people would get our hearts right with you. Father, that you would cleanse us of, of the filthiness of it, Lord. You cleanse us and wash us, Lord. That as John chapter 17, verse 17 says, that you sanctify us by your word, Lord, that we would be a cleansed people. That you would cleanse our hearts daily. Through, the, through your word. And Father, we thank you for the teaching of the word that keeps us humble and keeps us thinking about your word, Lord. Father, help us to be a people to, who are not going with culture nor traditions, Lord, but who are walking according to your word. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that your word does keep us humble. So, Father, bless your people, Lord. Continue to do a work of your spirit in each one of our hearts, Lord. We love you. We thank you for the precious blood of Jesus and forgiveness of sins and washing us, Lord. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name we all say, amen. amen. All right. Hey. Uh...